Hi, this is Cami Donaldson with the Native Plant Horticulture Foundation. And this episode of Go Native is going to be a little different. Our regular podcast editor, Brian Becker, is out on, um, is it maternity or paternity leave? Well, whatever. He's out with his new baby girl. So he'll be back to do work for us uh, in May. Uh, So we're live here with Gage LaPierre a PhD student from the University of Florida IFAS Forestry, Fisheries, and Geomatic Sciences School. And we're really excited to know Gage and to be a little bit supportive of his work. Uh, He's doing a lot of neat things with native plants. He's the founder of the UF Native Plant Nursery on the campus at UF in Gainesville. And he's just come back from a really neat event that he's going to tell us about. Hey, Gage. Hey, Cami. I'm glad to be here. Super, super. So tell us a little bit about this event. You just came back from the nation's capital. Yeah, so uh, this was the National uh, Native Seed Conference, uh, and it's a really cool event. I hope to see more people from Florida there next year. Uh, They haven't done this conference in a while, so there was a lot of excitement, and uh, for good reason, because they in the federal government there's a big effort going on right now called the national seed strategy initiative and what is really cool about that is it's actually handing some results uh, in terms of funding so around 200 million dollars is has been allocated for increasing the native seed supply Um, and from what my understanding is there's also more money coming through the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Uh, You wouldn't think native seed money would be in that, but it is. And um, native plants are the ultimate infrastructure. That is right. (laughs) (laughs) All about perspective. Um, So yeah, it was an amazing uh, event. There was a lot of research that was discussed, but obviously this national seed strategy initiative and uh, what uh, are called nat, uh, national seed part, uh, partnership that is forming, as well as state uh, seed partnerships. That really took a bulk of the conversation, I think, uh, at this conference. And there, and there was just so much excitement about it, which was really cool to see. Excellent, excellent, excellent. So you said this hasn't been held in a while. How long has this been going on? Um. This has been going on for many years in terms of the conference. Um, I don't know the full history and I am hesitant to, I, I mean, I'm going to get some things wrong. So, um, <laughs> cause it was, there's just so much going on and so many people are working on this, on this stuff. And there's such a long history to, to it all. But, um, from my understanding, they didn't have a conference for a while, I think since 2019 or 2020 or something like that. And I think obviously I had to do with COVID, um, mm-hmm. but they are planning on this uh, happening every year. The conference was completely sold out. Um, they actually had to uh, make a lot of arrangements, even with the the venue that they picked because couldn't fit everyone, but it was, it was, it was all good in terms of that. That's fabulous. And so, uh, you know, I know that there's always been like a lot of attention on seed stuff out west with the Bureau of Land Management. Um, was it mostly people from out west or other yeah. parts of the country getting some representation? 
Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, I, I did see the bulk of it was from folks out west. Um, there was a heavy presence from the northeast as well. Mm. But um, unfortunately, there wasn't a lot of people from the southeast. Um, mm -hmm. I, I will say that. And Florida, um, I, I think I only saw about two or three people from. So um, from out of Florida? I, I believe yeah, so. Other Floridians? Well, hey. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think a lot of the reason why that is, is because the Bureau of Land Management is the largest uh, native seed buyer in the world, I believe, maybe, or maybe it's just the Western Hemisphere. But they have a much different situation out west uh, with their ecosystems. They go through these wildfire, these severe wildfires have been occurring, you know, hundreds of years of um, intense grazing from um, settlers and things like that has occurred. And so there's just this huge need. And then on top of all that, um, they have this real problem with these invasive annual grasses like uh, cheatgrass. And yeah. um, this is just really, and then I think the turning point was around 20, some some point during the um, 2010s when there was a, a big wildfire outbreak and there was just a massive failure on the whole seed supply chain. And so at that point, um, BLM and other federal partners began to really realize that there needs to be a, a much higher emphasis on native seed. And um, so, yeah, I, I think that's why that's been the case. Um, why there's been so much focus on native seed out West. And then, um, but with that said, there's a lot of interest in the Southeast as well as the Northeast to get, um, to increase our native seed supply and, I'd like to take this moment too to to explain that the native seed supply and demand are very closely related, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. And I think what a lot of states have gone through out west, and I think what we're going through right now in the southeast, is this chicken and egg problem of where there is demand for some species, but then at times the cost of that is much too high to really support large scale projects, and then that greatly diminishes the demand because. Um, a lot of agencies are just like, well, forget it. Um, there's, you know, they're not even going to try. And then I think coupled with that as well, anytime you have the government, like the uh, BLM or any other agency put money into the market, um, you know, I guess this goes back to like macroeconomic lessons of Keynesian economics, but in theory, anytime the government spends money, it puts a dollar in, there can be, if it's spent wisely, a, you know, almost a three times um, net economic gain from that investment. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's happened out West, uh, especially in California. That, that's what it appears to be to me. And uh, as they are way light years ahead of us in terms of seed supply, see demand, um, their native plant industry and their native seed industry is huge. Um, the other thing that I think I'd like to mention right now too that uh, ties in with that supply and probably another reason why there's been so much money out West um, is that a lot of states have set mandates for native plants, uh, plantings, especially DOT. Um, Texas did this. 
And this has dramatically increased the need and the demand for native seeds. So that's another reason. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate you actually breaking that down for everybody. Um, I think, you know, throughout the native plant industry, there's this constant demand supply conundrum in on many levels in various areas. Um, and it's really interesting to hear about the seed out West. I mean, I've, I've always heard this about BLM, but didn't really know. And go California. Of course, it's a big state, big native plant society too. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll catch up. We have a good native plant society here in Florida. Um, and we have good people like yourself working on things. Um, you know, if there are any listeners from Florida, you'll be hearing this episode on April 5th, the very day that Gage is unveiling <laughs> the, the first of what we hope will be many workshops on ground cover uh, restoration and enhancement. Um, and we need seed to do that. And uh, yeah, there's interest in it, but Again, the need for seed. I, I want to get Tom Cruise saying the need for seed. Yeah. <laughs> um, one other, you know, interesting thing at this conference um, that I saw too was the, so with the national seed strategy, which is really just an, like an outline of the needs uh, of the country for, for native seed and, and where the weak points in the supply chain are. Um, it's a great document. If, if, if anyone hasn't seen it, do check it out. I think a lot of this was stimulated um, by the formation of partnerships and what, what they're calling seed partnerships. And that was a word I hadn't heard before um, from Florida. So uh, this is something that's happening out West um, and in the Northeast. And so these seed partnerships are really cool because basically um, they are a teamwork between uh, agencies, industry, and um, NGOs. And so not only is that helpful in terms of procuring seed, um, say, on public lands, but then it, it's also really important because then it um, helps with demand and supply. One thing um, that's interesting, too, is that these partnerships uh, go by they, they're not always called partnerships. So other states, they might be called something else, but this seems to be a very buzzword right now. And they're all a little bit different. They're set up a little bit different. And that's because every state's a little different. And um, one interesting thing, for instance, uh, Utah, they sort of have a partnership of sorts and they're able to actually get most of their seed uh, from public lands. And they have a really, what seems to be a really interesting system there. Another state uh, like Texas also has uh, a strange issue where they're the opposite. They have 95% is private land. So they also have a little bit different system, but they still have uh, this partnership that has formed. And uh, what's interesting with both of those is that it's tied to their universities and um, that has been a really big deal. The, the other thing that's interesting uh, with these partnerships is the development of in individualized seed strategies for each state, which is really important because then it actually gives folks uh, a guideline for like, what do we actually need to do to get, you know, more native seed out there. Mm -hmm. um, 
one other thing that I, I think I'd like to throw into this and I, I think is tied with these partnerships, what they've been really effective at doing and it's tied to supply and demand is um, in the Midwest, for instance, where uh, they suffer from a little different problem. It seems like they don't have a lot of natural areas left in some states and um, they, but they are able to farm seed. And uh, that's really cool because that has allowed them to bypass having to collect seed from um, public lands and have that. But one of the things that they had to do to really stimulate their market was to go through years of what they call seed increase. So just stockpiling seed and really getting to the point where it made uh, the supply economically feasible for the private market and for agencies to purchase. And that took years. Um, so hopefully that doesn't sound like a bunch of rambling and that sounds, uh, and then somewhere along the lines, folks can connect the dots. But um, yeah. Well, I think if, if there's anyone out there listening that has any kind of experience with agriculture and all the various uh, crops that have been assisted and lifted up and subsidized and <laughs> developed over years, um, you know, through co cooperation through federal government and university researchers and extension, um, this is the kind of thing that happens and new niche markets. Um, and I was talking to someone the other day about, you know, why aren't we using these plants more and people don't understand them and so forth. And I said, why are people drinking oat milk today? I can guarantee you that if I had asked my mother for oat milk 30 years ago, she would have probably slapped me. I mean, they're just, <laughs> these products weren't available. And exactly. you know, it takes, it takes a while for these things to come into being and all kinds of things have to be put into place like you said the whole supply demand thing and the government has that ability to make a difference it really does and the other thing um that might be in the works for the future uh at least it was very talked about was the, the notion of having crop insurance for native farmers uh most of these farmers especially in the midwest and what i saw even uh, companies like Roundstone and, and other bigger and they're companies. The big ones. Yeah. They are the big ones. Ernst, Roundstone, um, really big companies out West. Um, they've been reluctant to even participate in crop insurance because uh, of a lot of interesting reasons. Um, and hopefully that can change. Um, hopefully the government can be a little more supportive on that end. Um, but Regardless, um, it is it is doable to have um, a seed supply coming from farms. Um, I fear, though, in Florida and the southeast, we're at such a disadvantage um, and we're going to have such an uphill battle with it because simply because of weeds. We're at a very unfair advantage with our climate. Um, and I think a lot of farmers here have struggled with that. Um, most of our seed farmers in the Southeast, native seed farmers are small with the exception of Roundstone. And even, you know, in some of the conversations I, I've had with them, they um, have struggled to set up in Florida. Um, other seed companies have tried and it's just a challenge because of weeds. Um, and then interestingly enough, um, you know, Florida does have some unique um, regulations and things like that associated with crops, um, especially if, uh, I guess in the case of Roundstone, uh, if they're trying to move seed from Florida to their facilities out of Florida, they have to go through a lot of regulations. And there's a lot of 
regulatory and uh, procurement, that was another big thing that was being talked about, especially in the Northeast. They have that issue of procurement uh, officers who are not thinking about native seeds, who are thinking about, uh, you know, electronics and other things. And then they see the seed and they're like, I don't even, I don't have time to think about this. So <laughs> that's another big hurdle that they've been going through in the Northeast, at least. And um, it and is uh, from what I've heard, an issue here in Florida. But um, I think um, one idea that, you know, did emerge from this conference that I had, and um, hopefully maybe it's something we get to talk about at this workshop, is actually setting up a seed partnership here in the States. And I think that's really important for a number of reasons. I think one, um, it's going to help with the supply and the demand. That's the biggest issue right now. Um it's also going to come in handy um, from a whole whole host of aspects with research and uh, conservation. So, you know, there's a lot of NGOs that are working to save rare populations and to be able to have the seed partnership that can communicate effectively to get some of the seed for conservation and for um, ex situ and in situ conservation um, is really important. It's probably going to be a big part of the future in conservation in Florida. Um, the other reason I think it's important is because I think we can then to actually begin to, uh, certify some of our native seed, which, um, is a process that's done out West and that's, they have a whole, that's a whole thing, um, that we're not even thinking about here. And, um, I think that will help because, um, one, it will be able to, uh, help with the whole issue of ecotypes and so okay yeah i was big, gonna ask you is this like source identification or what source identification source identification and then also just making sure that people who are getting their seed um are actually getting the seed that they paid for uh which can be an issue uh <laughs> oh, yes, sometimes absolutely. you can get seed that you didn't pay for and you can end up with other things in there that you didn't want and having good seed testing labs is part of that, having it's that whole certification process. Um, and this is um, what's done in Utah and in, in Nevada. Um, Nevada, as a side note, actually has one of the best native seed strategies, as, I'm, as I was told. Um, the other big reason why that I think it would be really important to have some type of um, seed partnership in Florida is... Um, I think it would help bypass because we have so much public land here. And I think we could actually meet a lot of our seed supply needs if we could only access the seed on public lands, be able to get private contractors out to these sites more easier, build a database for private contractors so we can keep track of the good ones and the bad ones, have a system that's in place that has BMP so that we can make sure that we're harvesting these seeds from our land sustainably. And we should be treating native seed as a natural resource. We shouldn't be treating it um, as a simple commodity. Um, and I think it would also help overcome the hurdles that a lot of folks have faced with working with some of these agencies and the aspect of different personalities that you encounter with individual land managers who one might be fully on board and another one might be fully not on board and it's that would help um the other big reason and the last big reason I, I think i have time for is um it would include us in this national conversation so right now there's a national push 
to, and it's happening right now, to, to try to incorporate all of these seed partnerships across the country. And if we can get folded into that, that's going to trickle down from the federal level to the state level. And that language that we use is, is important with all this, um, especially when we're partnerships. See partnerships, yes. And um, it would also then help us develop a seed strategy. That's the other last one. I'm just yeah. going to run. Yeah. So we need a seed strategy for Florida, native seed strategy. Yes. And seed partnership. And we need that for every state. And some states already have them. And apparently, and said Nevada is leading the, the way, maybe. on. From what I'm told, yes, they have a, a, an excellent seed strategy that's available online. Um, I read through it and it does truly look really good. The other um, thing to add in there is that we don't have to work um, independently as a state. We can develop our own, and I think we should. Florida is very unique. We should develop our own partnership and strategy, but that doesn't have to exclude us from uh, regional efforts. So SGI, the Southeastern Grassland Initiative, is actually trying to have a push for the Southeast and developing um, a partnership of source, and they're doing that through a program that is called Seeds of Success, mm -hmm. which is um, a very neat program, and um, they are in the very baby steps of doing this, um, just like we are uh, at this workshop, um, so it's going to take a while, but I think if anyone can do it fast, I think we can do it fast in Florida, because we like to develop fast, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think we have the capacity to move quickly on this and um yeah i think we should all be um also if we anyone that's out there that has connections with politicians uh you should definitely be hounding them uh for some of this infrastructure money and to see if we can get some of this down here and yeah. uh, and, uh, and a, a point uh for folks and you mentioned it earlier the national academies of sciences have put out report after report showing this is a critical security concern for our nation, that we don't have access to the seed we need to restore the systems that support us. Um, and uh, I will be posting a link on our website for some of those reports. For those of you that aren't familiar, you're wondering what, what are these native seed reports? There's been a lot of work done. Uh, as Gage has said, a lot going on. So we'll put a little resource out there so you can get schooled on it quickly if you're not already. Um, and if you're in Florida, be sure to check out the UF Native Plant Nursery. Um, you can Google that up and you can connect with Gage and the work that he's doing. We're really excited about the work that he's done to establish a native plant nursery on the campus. We hope it becomes a campus institution and serves as a catalyst for integrating the minds of ecology and horticulture and landscape design and all those things, they shouldn't be in separate silos in the school. They should be collaborating exactly. through the lens of native plants. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, how we're going to get diversity in urban horticulture. So uh, there's lots of possibilities here. We need native seed, not just for restoration, but also for landscape. If it's not available for restoration, you can imagine what the situation is on the landscape side. So this is a way for us to to get more diverse plants and more diversity in the plants. Um, did you get to see the cherry blossoms in DC? You know, I did. And uh, it's funny, they are um, more common than I thought they were in DC. Uh, 
they were even in where where we were at was alexandria so it was uh it was it was fun yeah to see the cherry blossoms and uh to think at how that was uh like what well, that was once a gift from another country to us that's so nice you know yeah, yeah. We, we should do more of that yeah and uh i i know those cherry trees are not native but i think they're not invasive no no they're not invasive so so can't worry about that well i'm really glad that you were there representing florida um and we really appreciate all the great work you're doing gage and we want to shout out to our supporters to the foundation who have contributed to the allen wise research fund which enabled us to give a little bit of support to gage we hope we'll be able to do more of that Oh, and also too, I just wanted to thank, um, so the, the main sponsor for me going there uh, was the Natural Areas Teaching Laboratory at UF. They have a um, an endowment that's set up for this sort of thing for career development, and it, I'm so grateful to have gone. So Excellent. It was amazing Check conference. that out, folks. Natural Areas Teaching Laboratory, University of Florida. So Come, come see our wildfire, our, our wildflowers. <laughs> yes. So... <laughs> Gage is doing a lot of uh, work for what they call, say at UF is the Gator Good, <laughs> and we, we appreciate it very much. Gage, it's been super to talk to you today, and I look forward to seeing you at the workshop. Thank you, Cami. I'm glad to be All here. All right. Thank you. And listeners, we'll be back to normal, we hope, in May.